we're back. Another episode of Talking Maiden. The podcast of the beast. The Reflections of the Beast. Part three. Reflections part three. Part three. How you doing? I'm doing good. Oh, nice. Getting through the nice. discography now. This is pretty fun. Yeah, it say. is good. It is. And it's all leading towards the final ranking, which I got to be honest, is causing me a bit of anxiety. Oh, really? I've got, I did a little work on mm. my uh, final rankings. I have a system, a complicated yeah. system that I'm using to rank these albums. Yes. <laughs> I I just know it's you're, you're like bound to disappoint some people. Eh, whatever. Yeah, they can rank them themselves. Actually, people have been sending in their rankings of the Iron Maiden albums, and I love it. Mm. Yeah. The problem with ranking Iron Maiden albums is they're 16 studio albums. So there's not five bad albums, right? Yeah. No matter how you cut it, there might be two, three, one, however you measure it. So like an album is 12th. That's a good album. That's what's killing me on it. Yeah, I know what you mean. People just have to realize when they see our rankings that like my number 14 album isn't that far below my number three album you know what i mean like, i know there's not know. that much of a stretch so i know i know it's like you know there's there's 100 contestants to miss universe i'm swiping right on all of them you know it's <laughs> that's the argument so uh today where do we leave up last time um we just finished with somewhere in time so we're gonna start that's with what i think right so son. we're starting off at seven right. son which is probably in my top top 12 <laughs> <laughs> it's in my top 12 too so the beer let's get a beer on the go Thirsty. Yeah, so this this is the beer that um, I grabbed out at Yellow Belly, our, our uh, one of our favorite local uh, beer pubs, and it's the uh, it's from the makers of the Come From Away uh, Islander Pale Ale. It's called Stay Where You're At, which is a really interesting brand because our island has uh, shut down entry for people. You know, we're COVID free here, which is cool. Yeah, we're 100 percent COVID free. Yeah, we don't have an active case anything. Anyway, uh, Come From Away is that play, that Broadway play, which is really famous, which goes back to, for our listeners, goes back to 9-11. All of the international flights going to the U.S., not all of them, but a large volume of them were diverted into Newfoundland. And just like our airports got overwhelmed with all these planes and like people took um, people from around the world into their homes. And uh, it, it was really interesting. And there's a musical about it that's become very famous. I actually got to see it on Broadway last year. That's called Come From Away. Anyway, this is just a play on that. Stay where you're at. Anyway, it's an Islander Pale Ale. I've already had this. I had one at the brewery when I picked this up. Nice. Very good. Should we hit it? Let's do it. Do not spend your time worrying about those wasted beers. If this is anything like their regular pale ale, like the Yellow Belly regular pale ale is a go-to for me, so... Yeah, they've got a new cloudy one, eh? A new seasonal. This one actually also. looks very cloudy. Yeah, I don't think this might... Ooh, this might be it. Mmm, this is nice. It's funny, it says uh, quarantine edition. Unpasteurized, so... Mmm. Oh, it's delicious. It's better than the regular pale ale. It is. It's a little unfiltered. Looks good. Ooh, that's good. Man, I was craving a beer so bad. This is really hitting the spot. So... Seventh Son of a Seventh Son. Yes. From 1988, the seventh studio album. Yes. The concept album. Well, we're not getting into that debate, are we? No, we're not going to get into that. <laughs> <laughs> so we actually covered this album in episodes 34, 35, and 36. So. Yeah, but two years ago, wasn't it? Yep. 
So this is the album that everyone talks about. Uh, this is where Bruce goes against his previous claims of, uh, let me just play this clip. I like the heavy metal, but I would like to play the heavy metal by synthesizers. Uh, you can't play heavy metal with synthesizers. Yeah, I want. <laughs> so Bruce eats his words. Yeah, I just, thought you were going to talk about his uh, other contradiction on this album, or the one later on he came out and said it wasn't a concept album, they didn't give it time. And early on, he kind of didn't play. He basically said it wasn't fully realized concept album, but I think it's very much yeah. a concept album. But, I uh, think so. Yeah, they went from the guitar synth to the actual synthesizers, which is cool. Full-on synth. Yeah, and they really spread the songwriting out this time. Like, Adrian has three songs, mm. Dave has one, Bruce has four, and Steve Harris has, like, seven. Yeah, this is the last Adrian Smith album, too, isn't it? And the in kind of the, it's at the end of the golden era... This is the the kind of the last one before no prayer and yeah if you yeah if you agree with what me and you think I know we had a few yeah. calls that disagreed with uh, this being the end of the classic era but really? I think so yeah um, but yeah can I play with madness like we had a clip mm. from can I play with madness where we really highlighted how much keys are on a lot of these tracks. Going on there, yeah, a lot of keys. Uh, this whole album, well, especially the title track, Seventh Son, but uh, there's you know, there's still a lot of guitar synth on this album, it pops up all over the place. cool i love the cover art for this album yeah the whole theme with the blue and the singles and the, all the cover art to the singles is very cool yeah you know how i always talk about how much i love icarus and i love it because it like sums up what's so great about maiden yeah this album to me is just also it's like a whole album like that and i just find this is the album i think i can't, can't remember what we were talking about but i'm pretty sure i said this is the album like i like to introduce people to maiden with and i still feel this way and, you know, just Can I Play With Madness and Evil That Men Do, after, of course, Moonchild and Infinite Dreams, um, is just such a fantastic introduction to this band. And yeah. it's got that right level of camp. You know, like Can I Play With Madness is very much defines how I perceive Maiden. Yeah, it is very much like a cohesive album. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. it really feels like an album. It doesn't feel like a collection of songs. It seems like yeah. an album. Especially with the, uh, you know, the acoustic intro with the Seven Deadly Sins. Her. Yeah, we actually played a clip of that. I'll play it again. With uh, so they open the album with that Seven Deadly Sins acoustic part, and they close it with that part. But it's two different recordings of it, and I played them both together, and you can hear how they differ. Seven deadly sins, seven ways to win, seven holy paths to hell. Seven downward slopes. Seven bloodied hopes, seven are your burning fires, seven your desires. I love that, like, 
at the end of that clip, when they're opening the album, it kind of goes up and it kind of as if like something's about to come in. Hmm. But when they close the album, it kind of goes down onto this like note where they just kind of like close off the album. Anyway, it's cool. It really brings the album together. And yeah. then it goes right into Moonchild, which is like awesome. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's, it's, it's good bookends. I find uh, this album, you summed it up there when you said this is a consistent feel because I put this album up there with any in the golden age and you're going to see how I have it in my ranking. But if you break this down track by track, really compared to Peace of Mind, Number of the Beast, or Power Slave, track by track, it just doesn't doesn't have it. But I find collectively, it's just such a high bar across the whole album. Yeah, it feels so good to me that I just I still consider it one of the best albums. Although the songs on here, even if you go track by track, like like Infinite Dreams was never a favorite Maiden song of mine, but it is now. No. We kind of broke it down, and it has such a cool groove. I remember I played like an instrumental groove with the vocals stripped out and mm. i mean once i kind of wrap my head around that this is this really jumped up in like my song rankings for iron maiden Also have to mention Evil That Men Do, which I think is my all-time favorite Maiden track. I just love Evil That Men Do. Oh, it's so great. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Vocals are amazing. Yeah. Theme is perfect. Yeah. Like even that the evil that men do live on and on. Like that's so perfect. It's so that's cool. probably their best concept lyric. Like just think about that. You know, you say that to someone, the evil that men do live on. It's like so, so dark and campy and yeah. perfect. It's a very maideny thing to like sing yeah. about. It's, I can't get over like how much I love this song. This is my favorite part. That's, oh, that's my great. favorite part of that song, and that's my favorite Maiden song. So that might be my favorite part of a Maiden song. I'm not sure. You're de- I have to you're think about this. this. You're declaring <laughs> this uh, your favorite Maiden song? I think it's, yeah, it's number one when I ranked all the songs. Yeah. I ranked every single song. And really? And it's my number one, yeah. This this is one when you see it live, you know, you just, your, your voice goes. Because <laughs> you know your mind on it. <laughs> it's so good. And Bruce yeah. on this album, because I know the last few albums, we really talked about Bruce's vocals. Mm. And, you know, you kind of think of like Power Slave and Peace of Mind, how strong his vocals are. When you get to Seventh Son of a Seventh Son, like if you just listen to his vocals on that song, like he's still, he's still peaking, I think. It's like... It's funny that after this album, he went right into that no prayer kind of gravelly thing. Yeah. When on this album, he's kind of doing stuff like this. Both of them trying to manipulate the use of his powers before it's too late. Ah. You know, and then he does like a 180 on the next album and kind of like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. This is, I think it might be his best album. And as far as, yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, vocally, 
I mean, you could say that for any of these albums we just recently been talking about as far as vocal performance. As far as epics go, Seventh Son of a Seventh Son, even though it's not the closer, it starts off side two. Totally, totally an epic song. Uh, when we broke it down, I remember the just how the bass playing on the drumming on this is so great. Because everyone pays so much attention to the keyboards, but like underneath it, there's awesome bass and drums. Yeah, that's a that's a total epic, and it's one of their best epics too. I think. Sorry, that that clip, <laughs> but that wasn't that was the Seventh Son. That's the bass and the drums underneath Seventh Son. Really? Yeah. yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. The keyboards are so prominent on the song on this track. It's like the big Iron Maiden keyboard epic. So, you know, you're when you hear stuff like well, like this for example. That's so unusual for an Iron Maiden song, and it's so prominent in this song that the song Seventh Son of a Seventh Son tended to be, I just tended to think of keyboards. And of course, this part in the middle where, you know, Bruce narrates. Today is born the seventh one, born of woman the seventh son, and he in turn of a seventh son. He has the power to heal. He has the gift of the second sight. He is the chosen one. So it shall be written. So it shall be done. And that's kind of, you know, the keyboards and that spoken part. Um, That's kind of what I like about doing this podcast is when we really dig into these songs it kind of forces you to appreciate all the parts that you might have overlooked originally. Like the outro on the song just, you know, it's amazing. And I guess I never really paid that much attention to how awesome it was.
So when you actually hear the bass and the drum underneath, it's it's just, I don't know, it's cool. A lot of the, these songs have, with the production with the, the and Bruce's epic vocals and a lot of keyboards, you forget that underneath the bass and the drum, the rhythm sections really like kicks ass on all these songs. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Some great solos on Seven Sun too for an epic. Yeah, Adrian's especially is, you know, amazing. <laughs> Yeah, when I think of this song, yeah, I used to just be like, "That's the song with all the keyboard solos," and I used to think, just think keyboards, keyboards, keyboards. But there's a lot more going on in this song, and when we really dug into it and picked the song apart, I have like a whole new appreciation for this as an epic, because it wasn't one of my favorite Maiden epics. There's a lot of layers in this whole album yeah. that kind of came out. I I always loved the album, but when we did the review on it, I was really surprised, you know, at a how prevalent the synth was yeah but be how much other stuff was going on you don't really realize sometimes it's such a rich well well uh, produced sound how many layers there are in it you know songs like the prophecy which i was never a very big fan of i kind of came to love when we were talking about it it's still probably my least favorite song on this album but i do like it a lot more than before we did the album and only the good die young was kind of like the song where i was like oh yeah that's a great song but now when we paid attention yeah. to it i love that song now yeah, I think I had it picked way back as one of the underrated tracks. I think you did pick that as yeah, underrated. And it is, back, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's great. Time to live and a time to die. Yeah. Only the good die young with the boots on. <laughs> <laughs> a great track, good closer. Like, I love this album. I just love everything about it. I love the vinyl. I love the gatefold. Me, too. I love the imagery. I love everything. I love the evil that men, can't, the evil that men do. Yeah. I love the uh, I love Bruce's vocals. I just love all of it. And the uh, the wizard on the hill, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You always say it's yeah, like your a soul's gonna burn in a lake of fire. <laughs> that's probably one of my favorite things. You know, man, I love the super campy stuff. I know. Like that's you know, yeah, the really campy Bruce stuff. Like uh, the clairvoyant is a good example of that. Feel the sweat break on my brow. Is it me or is it shadows that are dancing on the walls? Is this a dream or is it no? Is this a vision or normality? I see before my eyes. So yeah, it's it's campy and it's kind of cheesy, but it's great cheesy. And I love this whole seventh son. The yeah. whole idea of this concept just kicks ass. There's a time to live, but isn't it strange that as soon as you're born, you die? I love, like, 
all of the singles on this album. Can I Play With Madness gets a lot of grief because people are like, it's too poppy, it's too radio-friendly, blah, blah, blah. But, I mean, I love that song. And I don't care if, like, it gets overplayed or maybe it is a little, you know, not commercial-sounding, but yeah. you can tell it's kind of written. It's that Adrian Smith kind of pop sensibilities that he puts in his songs, you know what I mean? Totally. And I have no problem with it. And there's a reason that that's the theme song to our podcast. <laughs> That's true. And Can I Play With Madness is another great example of a song where I thought I really knew the song and then we really dug into it. And there's some stuff in there that I never really paid attention to before, like Nico's drumming and his drum fills, which are really cool. So yeah, another song that just, I already loved it, but then I loved it even more. Yeah. Became one of my favorite Iron Maiden singles. And another thing to mention about it is the B-side, which is my favorite Iron Maiden B-side of all time. The cover of Thin Lizzy's Massacre. I mean, that's my favorite Iron Maiden B-side out of, we went through every single Iron Maiden B-side and that's my oh, all-time we favorite. Did. And that's the B-side of Can I Play With Madness, which is kind of tied into this album. But uh, man, I love Seventh yeah. Son. I think all Maiden fans love Seventh Son. I think. Yeah. No, no, I remember we were doing it. There was a couple of people, you know, there's always a few crazies. Yeah, and there are people that get turned off by the keyboards yeah. and the whole production on this album, but yeah. man, I love it. It's a very unique Maiden album. And it's cool that they have somewhere in time there that kind of bridges the gap from those Peace of Mind Power Slaves into this. Yeah. Because this would have been a shock coming off of Power Slave. Yes, it would have. It would have. It was a change in sound. And, you know, the he, he wasn't a fan of the synth for metal. But, I mean, this is an example of where it actually really, really works. And it kind of is perfectly timed to the late 80s. Like, you know. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, I This is one of my favorites, if not the favorite made now well i have to wait and see i have to wait i know see where it comes in my rankings too because it's it's up there it's up I'll, there I'll let you know that in the top yeah. half <laughs> so seventh son of a seventh son we both loved um and then we went on to the next album from 1990 we enter the 90s out with adrian in with yannick and we got all into the details of that too um, I'm not going to rehash it now. If you want yeah. to listen to it, we did it in episodes number 68, 69, 70, and 71. So we did four hours on No Prayer for the Dying. 
album number eight. This album, when we went into it, I didn't like it. And I, I spent a lot of time listening to it painfully. Um, yeah. I still have it in my, uh, yeah, I think I still have it in my truck. Although I don't listen to this album much. I really don't. I don't like it. Uh, I hate his singing in it. I find it's mostly garbage. You know, not, yeah, not garbage. That's the too start of that Bruce Dickinson yeah. uh, raspiness that we both, neither of us like. Yeah, like I like Tail Gunner. Holy Smoke is a bit campy in a good way. No prayer for the dying. He's just, it's just his, it, it kind of showcases everything that's wrong with him with that vocal performance. Public Enema, number one, is just too clownish for me. That whole, you know, whatever. Like, I, I think it was when we, when we were covering this album that I really, the public enema thing really stuck in my mind, and I haven't been able to listen to it correctly since. Face Warning, The Assassin. Like, that's the See, cheesiest. Yeah, The Assassin yeah. is very weak, yeah. I think, and cheesy. Um, right. Remember we had these really cheesy clips? Yeah, I was never a fan of that, like, better watch out. Like, better watch out, I'm the assassin. I mean, that's that's kind of weak, I think. But but then, Running Silent, Running Deep, or Run Silent, Run Deep, that track is amazing. And that track still sticks with me from this See, thing. See, like, that's where we butted head yeah. on, heads on this, because I don't really like that song very much. You know what, I Nesbitt, think we you of, belong uh... down in Davy Jones' <laughs> locker. <laughs> <laughs> and I also really liked Public Enema Number 1. I love the chorus. So I really like that. I also really like Fate's Warning. I think that's a great song. And I also loved, I know we butted heads on this. You hated the vocals on the No Prayer, the song No Prayer for the Dying. Yes. I really liked uh, No Prayer for the Dying. And I have like no problem with these vocals. But if you ask me a question, would I tell you the truth? Now there's something to bet on. You've got nothing to lose, yeah. So I didn't have a problem with that. I know you really didn't like that part of the that's, song. That's Bruce's Milhouse's dad moment right after Adrian left him. <laughs> that is uh, that is sad. That's also way too melodic at this stage in the album, third track. I, I just, I don't see anything good in that. Okay, I really love No Prayer. But uh, I agree that the forced kind of raspiness put on that song, it hurts the song. Mm. And that's why I said when they play the song live, you really realize how great of a song it is. If you would tell me, come on, what my life means, walking my long road, never reaching the So I love No Prayer. I love Faith's Warning. I love Public Enemy Number One. Yes, yeah, so your argument. I really love Tail Gunner. Tail yeah. Gunner is one of my favorite maiden openers. Yeah. 
but then the rest of it is just cheesy. Hooks in You is cheesy. Has a decent riff. But that's just, I think that's, you know, a cool riff that didn't get turned into a very cool song. It's, uh, the lyrics are super laughable. You know, that's Adrian's only contribution to the album. And I mean, it's a good riff, but I don't know. Yeah, it's super cheese. And bring your daughter to the slaughter. Ugh. Right. Yeah. Leftovers from the Nightmare on Elm Street 5 soundtrack. Yeah, and I like it, but I mean, I like, or I like. It is very cheesy. It's, it's just bad. <laughs> Um, there's too much bad in here. I mean, even my favorite track, Running Silent, Running Deep, has that, you know, the Davy Jones, as we mentioned. There's just, like, cheese everywhere. There's there's a there's a track called Public Enema. There's the, the Assassin, you know? Then there's Davy Jones. Then there's Hooks in You. Then there's Bring You Down. Like, it's like a joke album when you look at it now. Yeah, and I always talk about how I don't like Bruce's sense of humor when it creeps into Maiden I because I don't find it funny. And, like, Public Enema, number one, it's... You're not being witty. It's just, it's just. I know. Kinda, it's very sophomoric of a pun. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And the other thing is, Mother Russia is the epic on this album. Yeah. I think it's a weak attempt to do an epic closing song. I'm not a huge fan of Mother Russia. There's some really good guitar parts on there. Oh my god. I, but overall, it's not. It's it's no epic. You realize I was listing all the cheesy tracks and I left out Mother Russia. <laughs> <laughs> like it uh, is probably the cheesiest. Look, the public enema, before we move on from that, that's the yeah. kind of, like, public enema would have been the perfect name for, like, a track by one of those grunge bands when they're 21, like, Mayor Public Enema, something like that. Like, you know, just one of these <laughs> mocking grunge tracks. This is what? Album, what? Eight? You know, they're they're huge. So, ugh. Yeah. You know? The thing with this is, like, I like this album a lot more than you because I love Tail Gunner. Mm. Holy Smoke is okay, but again, the lyrics are just and the and the way Bruce is singing on it, the raspiness. Yeah, that raspiness kind of ruins a lot of these songs for me. I like No Prayer, Public Enemy, and Fate's Warning. The, that run, the Assassin is cheese. I didn't like Run Silent, Running Deep. You did. Hooks in You, we both agreed was cheesy, and the raspy singing kind of ruins it. But it has a cool riff. I don't mind it. Bring your daughter. As much as, like, it's, I don't know. I never listen, I never want to listen to Bring Your Daughter to the Slaughter. I don't hate the song, but, like, can you, would you ever put that on a mix if you're making a Maiden mix? No, there's nothing on here yeah. I put on a Maiden mix. Nothing. See, I put Tail Gunner on nothing. all the time. None. <laughs> if, and Mother Russia, I'm not a big fan of either. If I never heard this album again, I'd probably really? be okay. I mean, I'd put, no, I'd never say that, but, yeah, oh, I just don't like it. Like, this is probably my least favorite album. I don't know. We've, yeah. See, I like half of this album a lot. Wow. And there's a few others that I don't mind, and there's a few. I don't hate any of these songs, with the exception of, I don't know, The Assassin's Cheesy. I don't hate that, though. It's kind of... But it, isn't know. it funny, you know, how, like, imagery, like, even the cover, I hate the cover. Like, isn't it funny how things tie together? Like, your favorite bands, you love, your favorite albums, you love the cover. The co- albums you don't like, you don't like the cover. Like, it's not a coincidence, Right, it's just I've associated that visual in my mind. That's that silly bluish cartoony dude with this, like you know, getting getting killed there with that with with this album. Uh, just none right. of it I like. And then when they remastered, they took that blue guy out, and it's just the Eddie reaching out. And it's like, if you look at all the album covers leading up to this, every single one, this looks like a rough rush job. Like if you hold up and look closely at like the vinyl album cover for No Prayer for the Dying. Yes. This is a very weak Eddie. And it goes through the whole singles for this album. Like, yeah. we looked at the Bring Your Daughter to the Slaughter singles. I'll go. 
I'll, the yeah. Eddie for this is it's a it's a rush job, Eddie. Yeah. I feel like yeah, Derek Riggs is like ugh, enough of this. I'll go a step <laughs> further. Not only is this the end of the the, the Seven Sun is the end of the classic era. I would argue they don't even get their game back on covers and album art until Book of Souls. I could even argue that. Now I know Brave New World, and I know you know Matter Life and Death are good, but honestly, it just it just kicks off right here. That just you know the fair all of the all those album covers all the, the real stuff they did with with the blaze albums like it just oh this is a turning point for me that that yeah. i just don't like so i would disagree with you on the album covers mm. because well we might as well go on to the next album fear of the dark yeah. i think the new eddie by melvin grant the tree eddie yes i think that is a classic iron maiden album cover aren't you kind of the only thing i to, do not yeah. like about it is i don't like the I don't like the way the Iron Maiden is like turned sideways. Yeah, but I think the Eddie itself is it, it's a good idea. I would have laid it out a bit on the cover a bit different. People who have listened to our podcast know that I'm not a huge fan of Fear of the Dark. It's my least favorite Maiden. Yes, album. but I will stick up for the cover. I do think it's a it's a pretty cool Eddie. Yes. I am Blaze Bailey. You're listening to Talking Maiden, the podcast of the beast. Possibly the best podcast in the world. This is where we really, really disagree. Like, because, you know, we're arguing over which one's worse. I I definitely like this album a lot more than you. And I remember you you got a lot of flack because... Uh, you 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 really panned this, uh, but for me, it's significantly stronger than um, No Prayer and probably Virtual Eleven. Be Quick or Be yeah. Dead is one of my favorite openers. See, I thought good riff, but I wasn't a huge fan of it. Like I like this riff. But, I don't know, overall, I just didn't think it was that strong of an opener. I don't think it's that strong of a song. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I don't get it. I mean, I don't know if your ears are broken. But, like, that, that, is, <laughs> that is deadly. And then From Here to Eternity, great follow-on song. That's a fun, cheesy track. Yes. I did like From Here to Eternity. Like, I, mm. I'm telling you, Fear of the Dark is my least favorite album, but I don't hate everything on it. Yeah. Yeah, and I did. We remember we did a deep dive on Samantha Phillips, who plays Charlotte in the From Here to Eternity video. We did. I did. Yes. So there you go. That's a positive. <laughs> That's a positive, and I did like that song. Yes. I should tell people that uh, we covered this in episode ninety six, ninety seven, ninety eight, ninety nine. Wow. Four episodes. Wow. And then Afraid to Shoot Strangers, the third track, I think is got some great moments, great riff. Really solid solo. I think Afraid to Shoot Strangers is the best song on the album, mm. including the song Fear of the Dark. I don't know. It's a it's very it's very rare that a Bruce song gets kind of known as a Blaze song. Like Blaze kind of took the song and made it into his. He kind of made it his own. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I've seen them do the song live. Uh Maiden 
doing like this song just comes across great live i love the song i love the instrumental part of it i i think this is the best song on the album yeah afraid to shoot strangers it is so it's not all negative for me even though i say this is my least favorite album it is a good point that blaze actually took this song you know and and took it to a new level uh we we forgot to mention on be quick or be dead very quickly yannick's contribution right right at the gate on the opener right which is huge yeah but afraid afraid to shoot strangers i'm with you excellent track this is where I think we agreed. I can't remember the exacts when we were covering it, but remember, fear is the key. I think we both didn't like, and then it starts to go downhill. Well, fear is the key is a pretty good song. Like t- it starts off okay. Um, it has, you know, that intro riff, which is kind of cool, but then it just goes off the rail when this part hits. I hear you I'll go on record right now and say I think that is some of some of the worst Iron Maiden in the Iron Maiden catalog. Yeah, what we just heard. It started yeah. so strong though. I think when we were doing that, that was it does start off good. Yeah, yeah, that was the one. I think I used an analogy. I got a note here, like a bad date or something, like a date going wrong. <laughs> oh yes, or something yes, like I that. Do I, that. Yeah, I can't remember yeah. the story I used, but um, that that definitely is. You know, it's that everything's going great, you know, you're an appetizer yeah. in and then she drops the, I live with my ex-husband <laughs> and I got two kids and it wasn't on the profile. <laughs> you know, <laughs> all of a sudden the whole dynamics change. Um, yeah, I, I just hate that. But then it goes on to childhood's, childhood's End, which is a solid track. See, I didn't like it. I like the drumming on it. Like this mm-hmm. part is kind of cool. So I think that the drumming on that part is kind of cool. Mm. I just overall, the song, it, I don't think there's much to it. I think it's like, I, I guess it's kind of unique. And now that I'm hearing it again, like, you know, it's not as bad. It has a kind of cool little instrumental break in the middle. Yeah. Overall, I don't think it's a strong track, though. But it's not as bad, I guess, as I... I don't know. 
I, it's definitely one of the weaker Maiden songs. Well, I like Childhood's End. It's uh, got a good swing and feel. Great solo. I don't know. I think you're uh, underselling it. Then it moves yeah. on. Wasting Love. I love it. You mocked it, I remember. No, I was like, okay, Maiden can do a power ballad. That's fine. Yeah. I said it was a not as good rehash of Bruce Dickinson's song, it's, Son of a Gun. That's right. And I even have a mashup of the two of them together. But I think that the song Son of a Gun is better than Wasting Love. Yeah, and we got a a lot of people agreed with you, I remember, on social media after that. My opinion on it is I like, well, you know, Son of a Gun to me is such a joke of a track because so I grew up and my uh, father would always say, Son of a Gun, you know, and he was always talking about it. I think I talked about this. And uh, so I always found that Son of a Gun to be a bit too campy and ridiculous. And I like Wasting Love more. I just like the, you know, like the lyrics. I like the, I like the way the tracks mix better. I don't know what it is. I, I haven't, you know, son of a yeah, gun. I guess it's just per- personal taste. Right? Fair enough. The same as we have gotten emails from people who said mm. Fear of the Dark is their favorite Maiden album, remember? Yeah, I know. So it just goes to show, like, people's tastes. There's no accounting for people's tastes. But there isn't, is there? There's always. They can get their own pro Fear of the Dark podcast. I know. <laughs> I know. It's so funny, isn't it? There's always like, you yeah. know, people that always pick the, you know, like there could be like one of those candy mixes where there's like, you know, three amazing types of candy. And then, or, or, you know, like someone will eat like the marshmallow cereal and be like, I only like the dry bits. I don't like the marshmallow. You know what I mean? There's always yeah. people yeah. that just like, that just go so <laughs> against the flow, you know? Yeah. I don't get it. But uh, I don't know. That's the thing about Maiden, right? Like mm. they're all over the place and there's so much. I don't know. There's so much there to appeal to different people's tastes. Mm. I don't know. I know. I know. It's it. But let's be honest. Now, if you had a if you had a Guns N' Roses podcast, you wouldn't be like, you know what? I'm sorry, guys. Spaghetti Incident's their best album. It just is. It just is. 
uh, I'll tell you right now, a spaghetti incident. Uh, I'm a huge fan of the spaghetti incident. Oh, jeez. I had to start that <laughs> out, didn't I? Chinese democracy. What a- Chinese democracy yeah. is not that bad. It's not that bad. There's some good tracks on there. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Back to Maiden. Back to Maiden. All right. I remember the next track, The Fugitive. Yes. I really liked The Fugitive. I thought that it was catchy. Yeah. Um, I thought this was a, a pretty good song. Like, th- how can you not love this? That's a classic Maiden again. And on, on Fear of the Dark, you're, you're searching so hard for, like, something to grab onto that sounds like Maiden. That, yeah. to me, when I hear this song, I think this is a pretty good song on this album. Yeah. This is kind of in a rum. Like, if you were to knock Wasting Love and The Fugitive and then Chains of Misery, if you were to knock, I mean, it's the kind of repetitive, coarse-heavy tracks that just seem like filler. Yeah. And, you know... I could say there's definitely a valid criticism. I just like the sound of them, which I guess is why you listen to an album. But, you know, I don't know. Fugitive for me, it's like it's got that hook, but some great moments, but it's not a, not a great track. Yeah. Yeah. Chains of Misery. Chains of Misery. Yeah, I remember you said you liked it. Yeah. I decent. didn't really. I think this is a pretty yeah. weak. This is like Maiden doing like hair metal. Yeah. And, it, and not doing it well and doing it like a few years too late. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> I, I I can get that. I like it. I just you know it's it's just not a track I dislike. It's just not a track I'm I'm not putting this on any playlist either. <laughs> I know, but just like this doesn't sound like something that should be coming from Iron Maiden. Mm. You know what yeah. I mean? It, it's it's kind of 80s hair metal, if you ask me. And then we're into what I think is the worst Iron Maiden song. Yes, it's up there. Probably. The probably. Apparition. Yeah. I remember we were like this. We were. I was saying how it's so weird the way he like tags these weird tags on at the end of the vocals. Yeah. At the end of each line. And I made a... <laughs> Yeah, I made a compilation of all of these times when he adds these weird little lines on at the end, just to drive home how weird it is and how much I dislike this song. There are some that must have been before. 
I think we found our first talking made merchandising opportunity. I'm thinking about a keychain with a speaker on it and like four of those teed up. So like motivational voice, like, you know, anytime looking in, it's true. You know, it's like anytime to fill you in. <laughs> yeah. The, the to fill you in one is like especially bad. Be nice to know. I don't want it. <laughs> I don't, I don't see anything good about the song. Well, except this that is clip. The wor- I think this is the worst Iron Maiden song. Well, the fact that we're getting some enjoyment out of making fun of yeah. it is the only pleasure that I get out of hearing the song. I know. I just don't like it. It sounds like an unfinished idea. Hmm. I don't know. Like, it sounds like they're just throwing... Like, they had this idea. Instead of using it to build a song out of, they're like, well, let's just do that over and over again and then just call it a song. I don't know. It, it It's it's really weak. I didn't like it at all. It, I think it's the worst song in the Maiden catalog. It sucks. <laughs> I think we can agree with that. Then there's, you know, a Dave Murray song that kind of, uh, just when you hear that, pulls you back into, like, good song territory. And that is Judas Be My Guide, which I think is a great song. Yes. It isn't. Yeah. It's good. You don't think? It's I good. We, we, I think we disagreed on this. I think you like it more than me. I don't understand how you don't like this album. I'm summing up all the positives you're giving me, and it's there's a lot of, lot of love in this album from you to fear. I don't know. Well, I always liked, I sort of liked Be Quick or Be Dead. I thought it was good. I just didn't think it was amazing. From Here to Eternities, I thought it was pretty good. It's kind of cheesy, but it's fun. Okay. I love Afraid to Shoot Strangers. And then I think it just kind of goes downhill after that. Until you hit Judas, my guide. Well, actually, I said I liked The Fugitive pretty much. but You uh, did. I liked The Fugitive a fair amount. Yeah. And then you hit Judas, my guide. And I think that's a really, really strong song mm-hmm. buried deep on this album. Okay. Now that you like it so but, much, though, I like this album less. But now, <laughs> I'm revising but it downward. Into... <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> but then you're into Weekend Warrior. Yeah, I, I always say that this song, you know, gets a bum rap and deserves it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's where you hear Bruce uh, singing like this. What you gonna do on Monday? What you gonna do? What you gonna do? On Monday. Yeah, the song. I don't know, it's man. probably some... Now, this I would put up there as one of the worst. Yeah, I still think the apparition is worse. You, yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> you're arguing it's over... Yeah. Neither one of them do I want to listen to. A Fear of the Dark, the next track, the title track, is... That is a solid classic song. Yeah. Twice as good live. Yes. The album version, because I'm so used to hearing it live on every live album and seeing it in concert, when I hear the album version, it falls flat. But it is still a good song. When the crowd starts singing. Yeah, when the crowd gets going, like this song is built for a live audience. And when you take the live audience away, it just it's almost like you're trying to fill in with your head the the live audience part. Yeah. And but I'll I'll have to like, you know, I can argue with you about 
this album isn't as weak as maybe made out. And I could try and play up this song, but I, I have to confess something. Remember when we, we saw our fifth, was it our fifth uh, Legacy of the Beast uh, show? It was a rather yep. boozy affair. Not the one in London, the one in Toronto. And I had a, I needed a, I needed a bathroom break and I specifically timed it for Fear of the Dark. So that tells you what yeah. I think about this track, which I'm like, okay, I'll make it to Fear and I'll run out of, you know, Fear of the Dark, Fear of the Dark. I can clean my bladder. Thank you. You know, it's to me. I think that's more of a testament to how strong that whole Legacy of the Beast Yes. Set list is. Yes. And not so much the weakness of this track. But this is when this is the weak track in your set list. Yeah. You have a pretty strong set list. Exactly. And and that, and that's right. But it's just one another one of these like run to the hills, overplayed and boring and repetitive to me when it's live. Whereas you I'll know, tell you I'd right now, I would great, never yeah, I'd never miss Greater Go for a piss during Run to the Hills. Really? Oh my god. I'd I never miss like Greater Good of God. I, you know, so I would never miss that either. Yeah. yeah. Well you'd never go. That's the only time I've ever used the washroom, but we were so boozed up. Remember, I always pace myself. I'm like clean bladder, clean bladder, and then I don't even sit my beer for like three sides because I'm I'm like an old man worried about peeing. I blame Dave Shuttleworth for buying us so many Trooper beers before the concert started. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just go through it. So this is kind of getting off on a side tangent, but I want to do it. Yeah. This is the Legacy of the Beast set list. Where are you going to take a piss? Not during Aces High. No. Not during Where Eagles Dare or Two Minutes to Midnight, or The Klansman, or The Trooper, or Revelations, or For the Greater Good of God, or The Wicker Man, or Sign of the Cross, or Flight of Icarus. Mm. Fear of the Dark? I think you're right. That's the, that's the that's time That's why I paced it. it. I mean, I was busted. Yeah. And then you're back for Beast and Maiden, and then you got the, the encore. Yeah, I mean, I was I was shooting lasers. If I'd have missed, I would have cut that porta potty in half. But I mean, you know, <laughs> if you're... It, but not only that, you started right from the beginning. I mean, if you're taking a bathroom break journey, it's high, your timing is missed. You know, That's true. Like you you messed up you completely. You can't be like, you know what? I got to hear Dr. Doctor. Then I'll go. You know, I was like, you idiot. Oh, man. Anyway, that's Fear of the Dark. Yeah. I think you liked it better than me. I'd be curious to see where you put it in your rankings. But I'm I'm just going to tell everyone right now, I said it was my least favorite at the time. Mm. And I'm just as sure now that it's my least favorite Maiden album. Yeah. So I'm going to – this is, you know, on the bottom end for me too. It's just yeah. – it's above – no prayer in my mind. Okay. We'll see, see. I like no prayer better. We'll see. You would, Nesbitt. You would. <laughs> um, that being said, even though Fear of the Dark is my least favorite album, the songs on here that I actually would say that I like, Be Quick or Be Dead, From Here to Eternity, Afraid to Shoot Strangers. I like Wasting Love. I just, I don't know, I'm not a huge fan. I like The Fugitive, and I like Judas My Guide, and of course Fear of the Dark. So that's a lot of songs to like on an album that's my least favorite Maiden album. Yeah, you know what? You know what? When you said Wasting Love, like, as we're going through this now, do you know what this needs? This needs, like, a video where a girl is, like, inside a, a four-post bed with, like, a curtains that are blown in the wind and Bruce is walking in shirtless <laughs> with, like, an Eddie chasing him. And then it's like, you know, they can hide. I don't <laughs> the know. actual video that for the song isn't that far off. You don't have a four post bed but you have like a bed made of rebar and there is a shirtless dude it's not bruce but that's true i don't know no eddie though but it just goes to show talking about these uh albums my least favorite iron maiden album i still like most of it so it's not like it's a two out of ten or something it's it's up there it, it, i still give this album a pass i just think it's the weakest of the Do you know what i i think i think we both really like this band <gasps> we should do a podcast we should do a podcast about this band <laughs> 
and let people know how we feel about them. <laughs> Can you imagine? Right? Like, that's such a ridiculous summary, right? Like, well, even though it's the worst album, I still like it. Like, obviously you like it. I think it's cool, though, that, like, we did a Maiden podcast with, like, 150 hours of talking about Iron Maiden. Yeah. But it's not all just, you know, cheerleading for Iron Maiden. Where we like where there's flaws, we're quick to point them out, and uh, you know, yeah. I'm not just like hyping Iron Maiden every yeah. ten out of ten. Yeah, this album's weak. I don't know, like, I'm not yeah. afraid to I say. Mean, it. I got to save a lot of my kind of high level grand takes for for a final summary, but I've kind of gained a perspective on Maiden, where you know there are certain albums out there like the Dark Side of the Moons or you know like the Appetite for Destruction which are just like these like eclipse, you know, maybe even, maybe even, you know, master puppets where like lightning struck and everything lined up. They're just perfection. And, and they are out there, but like Maiden are like this, just this, this giant body of work. That's so amazing. Yeah. Like I, I like as we're talking about this, I mean, the worst albums we're trying to rip apart have like four or five tracks. And if you probably really broke down, probably two or three of them are just kind of rushed or not produced well or every time it's always something that could have been changed lately that would be another just good maiden track yeah and the other thing is this is a 12 track album yeah um you know it's almost an hour Mm. long i think you could hack a few of these weak songs out of here and this would be a much stronger album i think it's in as far as like my rating of this album it's getting dragged down by bloat you know what i mean it's a bloated album you yeah. cut some of that filler out. There's a lot of filler and a lot of bloat on Fear the Dark. Yeah. This album, you know Got I mean? Divorced, Lost the Love Handles, it'd be pretty sexy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it'd be much stronger anyway. It might still be my least, but it'd be, uh, it'd be neck and neck with no prayer then. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. We'll save that <laughs> for never. <laughs> We're done this comparison. So that's it for uh, this episode. We'll uh, we'll get into the X Factor and the Blaze years. Yes. The next up next week next Friday. Yes. Um, and we'll plow through uh, a few more albums. Talk about you know mm. our opinions and how they changed while we were reviewing. Them. Yeah, and I think we're well shaped now because we'll be able to cover the whole Blaze era in the next one and and a bit of Brave New World, which we've done so recently. Yeah. And then we can kind of talk about the modern era. Yeah. Thereafter. Be fun. Um. Yeah. The, absolutely uh looking forward to that because probably the blazer has been my biggest perspective change in the podcast definitely that's true yeah, yeah. that was fun it was fun doing the blazer yeah and ironically yeah. the other change that i've noticed is that when we started the podcast we came in screaming about the new era but when i do my album rankings I was the oh. same way. I've been doing my album rankings. I've been working on them, and I'm looking, and I'm like, I, I, "Matter of Life and Death is the best." And I'm like, "Ooh, is it? Wait, now." We've been Peace doing it. And- I, I think of the modern era. Too few of them are in the top half. That's the downside. Like now, but then again, you know, the top ten maiden albums are world class albums for any band. Maybe the I'm top twelve. The other, some uh, some very difficult decisions Ooh, being made, but I have. A system, the Nesbit system, which yeah. I'm going to use to uh, set up my uh, album rankings. <laughs> the Nesbit system, incorporating statistics, yeah. math, and intangibles. <laughs> That's right. What do you think of the beer? Oh, this beer One is last circle really back. great. Uh, I'm a huge fan of the Yellow Belly Brewery, the regular pale ale, mm. and this one is called the Islander Pale Ale. I'm not sure what's different, but it has more of a uh, has a lot more flavor to it. Yeah. Uh, this is really great beer. All right. There we go. I'm going to have my last sip. Google 
Talking Ooh. Maiden. You'll find our Talking website Maiden. and uh, all the links. Leave us a message yes. at, at yes. Talking Maiden on Facebook and Twitter. Yeah. Josh, hit yeah. him with the catchphrase. <laughs> <laughs> Until next time, up the irons and down the house. <laughs>